Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Director of Career Services here at Northwest. And on our show today, we have... I'm Adam Bocart, Instructor of Mass Media at Northwest. Welcome, Adam. Well, thank you guys for having me. Happy to be here. I think our goal, our unstated goal, and we didn't realize that this was our goal, is pretty much to have every mass media person on our podcast ever in the history of Northwest. So <laughs> we love talking to the mass media. Yeah, it's easiest to get a hold of us. Uh, we're, we're pretty tech savvy. And you like to talk. That's It's amazing well, how many that. people don't like to talk. So communication folks, we always know. We'll talk. So that's always a nice thing. This is kind of new for me. Usually I'm I'm more behind the camera making other people look good. So this is a kind of a new venture. All right, Adam. So tell us how you found Northwest to how you received your current role. So I'm in year nine at Northwest. And uh, in all honesty, Northwest was not even on my radar uh, when I was going through college applications. Uh, up until spring of my senior year, I was pre-med physical therapy which uh, is a pretty dramatic wow. shift from where I am now. I, I realized med school was insanely expensive, so I needed to, to find something else. And I, I took a tour at Northwest, met with Will Murphy. He showed me the, uh, the facilities, and instantly I was like, yep, this is it. We're, we're done. Uh, so I got my undergrad here, worked more jobs than I could count, still loved every second of it, decided I should probably come back for a second degree. Um, so I got my master's. Uh, immediately after and then just right place right time kind of divine intervention whatever it was uh, was able to fall into this teaching role right out of my master's paired with the number of freelance gigs i had done um, in the six years that i was here um, i was qualified and ready to to pass on some of that knowledge Definitely mass media is is a kindred spirit to physical therapy. <laughs> Tell me about that jump right there. At the time, I just needed to find something I enjoyed because I, I knew it wasn't med school and I didn't know what else it would be. But I, I liked making stupid videos with my friends. Uh, I liked telling stories and thought, you know, this is an industry that's probably going to go somewhere. So why not? And uh as soon as I stepped on campus, saw the facilities, and, and talked with Will Murphy about kind of the opportunities that are out there that I, like jobs that I didn't even know existed. So I, I give knew, me a few examples of that. I, I knew I didn't want to do advertising, but I didn't realize that every advertising agency would also have somebody compiling and editing and shooting their videos. So while I didn't want to go that route, uh, I knew there were jobs in that market. The, the sports industry has been huge for me. And I had never been to a professional sporting event, period. And then came to Northwest and realized, oh, there's dozens of people that get the show on the video board or stream to the MIAA network or go to Arrowhead Stadium and make their broadcasts happen. Those are all jobs that can stem from this very specific degree that I had no clue about. So you mentioned making videos with friends. Um, a lot of the folks that go in the TV side, especially at MassCom, they do some kind of high school, you know, they're in TV station for the high school. Were you involved in any of that or was it just simply you liked doing that and thought you could do more with it? My school actually didn't have any sort of media department. We had uh, an experimental class is a, a strong word, uh, but it, it was a, a group called environmental and spatial technology. It was kind of community service with the aid of technology. And part of that class 
was documenting the, the work that we did. So that was really the only experience I had as far as video production. My school had two cameras, one computer that we could actually edit on, and nobody that knew how to teach it. <laughs> so I, I guess I could kind of be a, a poster child when we have students come in and say, man, I've got no experience. I didn't either. And, and now I'm teaching the thing. So I think that says a lot about just the quality of education that you get at Northwest, but really how approachable and the kind of the ease of access that people have anymore uh, makes this a really thriving industry. What was your first on-campus job? Oh, man. It was in television practicum, if you can call that a job, which I did at the time. Uh, but I was a reporter for Channel 8 News my second semester of my freshman year. And I had no clue what I was doing, but I was apparently halfway decent at it. Some of my content that year uh, ended up second in the nation in news reporting. So props to Northwest, because that wow. sure as heck wasn't me. <laughs> but I think over the course of it, my, my senior year, I think I was working seven jobs simultaneously, which I do not recommend. But again, that's just props to the opportunities that you can you can work outside of the classroom here. So were, were those freelance gigs in addition to on-campus work? Because let's be clear, you can only work 20 hours right, a week right. as a student employee. So I, I think my, so my senior year would have been, uh, I was the general manager of the TV station, which was not a student employment, but basically a full-time job. I was the producer for Channel 8 News because our producer dropped due to conflicts and no one else picked up that role. So I got voluntold. I was our, our productions director for KNWT. I was working with Todd Weddle in University Marketing and Communications. Then I was doing time with Sporting Kansas City in my third season with them, my second season with the Iowa Cubs up in Des Moines, and uh, a student engineer on campus. So I technically only one student employment job. Uh, but a very full schedule. So what did you do for Sporting KC? Okay, so I started as an intern my junior year on a whim, because again, I had no clue that we even had a, a professional soccer team. Um, but uh, I started as an intern doing menial work, archiving footage from past seasons. But eventually I got more into the live production role, because that's usually not the route that people tend to go in positions like that. And so I started working there in stadium broadcasts, doing everything from video playback, advertisements, instant replay, or running the advertisement boards that run the length of the pitch, which is like the easiest job I had there, to even filling in for cameras for Fox Sports broadcasts when uh, when one of their camera operators was in a car crash on the way to, uh, to the stadium. So anything and everything. So did you prepare for that by working on Catvision here on campus before you got that internship? Very much so. Will Murphy, again, tried for years to recruit me. I was still in the Bearcat marching band because I had done that for almost a decade and didn't quite want to give that up yet. So I kept telling him no. Finally, I told him yes and started working with Cat Vision and still wanted to be a part of the Bearcat marching band. So I uh, created the intro video for the Bearcat marching band because in most selfish way possible, I thought it was uh, a ripoff that the football team got an intro video and the band didn't. So I, I kind of spearheaded that project, not expecting it to go anywhere. And if you flash forward about a year, uh, I asked my bosses at Sporting uh, what got me that gig because I didn't have the experience. And they said it was that marching band video. So it, it all kind of came full circle. Uh, and marching band does take you places. That is a good lead into talking about portfolios. When you when we talk a lot to students or employers 
Um, a lot hinges on a student's body of work if you're in a creative industry. Or honestly, I've been preaching lately that everyone should have a portfolio. I don't care who you are, right? So um, what is your thought process on making a portfolio? How did you approach yours? Uh, I probably should have approached mine a lot sooner than I did. Anymore, especially in this industry, it is so much hinging on the work you have already done, not necessarily the skills that you have. Because if you get to this level, especially trying to make that jump into professional sports, everyone's going to be able to shoot. Everyone is going to be able to edit. So show me what you've already done for a client or for a class. But that is going to be so much more important to somebody hiring for that position. The other thing is, I think students need to understand that they need to get to the position where they're not stretching for content. They're able to weed out the worst stuff and only showcase the best. And if that's a 90 second demo reel, I, I would love to have half an hour of content that I get to pick the best 90 seconds more than having a good 45 seconds and a subpar 45 seconds. And so one of the things that I preach from even my freshman level class, the very first thing that we do in my fundamentals class is create a portfolio website and 90% of the students have no content for it, but it's at least a start. And I've got students now that took this class three years ago that they're meeting with Fred Lamer in senior seminar. And one of their assignments is to create a digital portfolio. And the people that had my class are so much further ahead than the people that didn't have that opportunity. And they're struggling with creating that from scratch now, rather than the people that have built it over the past three or four years. So one of the things that, that the mass comm department here really kind of stresses is the, you know, hands-on right away. So how quickly did you get involved with KNWT and with making stuff on campus? My very first semester here, I took intro to broadcast operations, and that is what made me fall in love with live production literally the first month that I got here. I, I know you go to some bigger schools, you take a lot of theoretical classes and write a lot of papers and that sort of thing. It was literally within a week I had my hands on things that I could never be able to afford and never be able to have that experience. And they just said, go nuts with it. You're not going to break it. Learn it. So I, I think Northwest definitely prides ourselves in being almost too hands-on sometimes because <laughs> we, we have a lot of really expensive gear that we give to people that don't necessarily have the experience or know how to do it. But that's one easy way to learn it. I think, you know, just brief pause. Let's have a Will Murphy commercial. Definitely got to have Will on the show. I don't oh, know how 100%. we haven't had him thus far. Will, we're coming he's for you. He's too busy. I keep trying. <laughs> I keep talking to him and he's just, he's such a busy man. There's a lot of fires he's got to put out literally sometimes <laughs> in Wells. You will not find Will Murphy having a dull day ever. <laughs> but he's on the list. He will be on. He'll, he'll be a great one. So tell us, Adam, about your decision to, to have a master's degree. Where did that come into play? Because often hands-on experience really just lends itself to going, like you said, you had seven jobs, right? It would have been so easy just to go right into working. So what was behind that educational, further educational choice? I always saw myself as a teacher. Even growing up, I knew eventually down the road, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I saw myself teaching. I, I figured... You know, I'd go work in the industry, travel for a while. And then when I get burnt out on that, you know, 15, 20 years down the road, then I'd settle down and maybe, maybe start teaching. But the, the more I talked to, again, it was Will Murphy. The, the more he, uh, kind of told me that if you get the masters now, you can always come back and teach, but it's going to be a lot harder for you to down the road, come back, get the masters and then dive into teaching. And, and that made perfect sense. There were also a number of, really convenient opportunities uh, with getting a graduate assistantship 
and Northwest having the specific degree that I was looking for. What degree did you end up getting? Master's in Instructional Technology, which unfortunately is no longer a degree here. Um, I was one of the, the last recipients of that degree. Everything kind of lined up perfectly into place. I would still get to be close to home and wouldn't have the learning curve of learning a new system. And really, it was all online. So there was enough pointing me in this direction to just get it now and postpone the real world for another two years. Uh, it just made perfect sense. Did you know that you could get a graduate assistantship when you were an undergrad? How did you find out about that opportunity? And what assistantship did you do? I was the graduate assistant for Fine and Performing Arts, uh, which was very much not expected. But again, my, my interactions with Katie Strickland and the Bearcat Marching Band, and I, I was actually on music scholarship for, for a couple years. So I, I was very familiar with the, the inner workings of that building. So that uh, lent itself uh, to that position. Uh, when I applied for it, I also pitched that I'm definitely an outsider, but I've got skills in you know social media, writing, shooting, editing, that sort of thing, which for a department that hinges on that sort of thing, uh, that can be a really invaluable position to kind of bridge those two gaps. So yes, I was still doing clerical work and, you know, organizing scholarship auditions, all the, all the stuff that they were expecting, but then offering these other services kind of as a, a little bonus or cherry on top that I can help you guys promote, recruit, all that stuff that really doesn't fall under any one specific person's job. What instrument did you play? You mentioned being in the marching band, right? So uh, I was on the drum line. Uh, I, I played snare all through middle school, high school, and two years in college. Then once I shifted more to cat vision, they were still kind enough to let me come back as a, a technical instructor. So all the fun of marching band without actually getting to perform, which is a terrible decision looking back. But no, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed every minute with the Bearcat Marching Band. Katie Strickland is right up there with Will Murphy, most influential people in my, my success at Northwest. So you've mentioned a couple classes that you teach. What, what else do you teach? It's, it's a really good mix um, and a lot of different levels, which is awesome. So I, I teach fundamentals of electronic media production, which is basically the gen ed of the mass media area. I, I get people from all walks of life. It's a really superficial look at anything you can do with the degree. Arguably one of my favorite classes to teach because you get those little light bulb moments with people that don't know anything about anything. Um, so having those every day is really cool. Then a step above that, I've got intro to broadcast operations. So half the semester is live radio, half the semester is live TV. No tests, no papers, just making stuff every day, which is right up my alley. I also do video production, which is a lot of people's first jump into writing. And our last half of the semester is spent making a short film from start to finish, which is a, a really cool kind of tangible, you get to take away, like, I made a thing. Awesome. Portfolio piece. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We hope. Uh, and then I teach two 400 levels, TV directing and digital cinematography, which are basically just advanced, advanced video, one focusing more on the live production side, one focusing more on the post-production side. In that video production area, what is one of the most underrated or undervalued skills that I could develop as a student looking for going out to, to get myself a first job? I'm going to give you the kind of like cheesy cliche answers and just say the most important skill to me is being okay with making mistakes because let, let's be real. I've got hard drives of dozens of videos that will never see the light of day. But the important things is that each one of those was a specific lesson that I can apply to the ones that will get sent out to a client. And I have this conversation constantly with, with a number of my students that if you can come to me with a project and tell me why you hate it, 
and why why this project makes you want to drop out, change majors, all of that, that is perfect. Because that means you've got vision, you can show me where you can improve, and the rest is technical skills, which I can help with. But if you come in saying it's perfect and there's no way it can get better, then I, I can't do anything for you. Self-awareness. That's what I heard. Yes. You didn't say it in two words, but self-awareness. Way, way better answer. I think that's true of all industries. Like it doesn't hurt to be aware no matter what your job. Absolutely. And humility is a, a huge one. There is always going to be somebody better than you. There is always going to be someone worse than you. There are always going to be jobs that you think are below you, but you have no idea who your next boss is going to be. Don't burn any bridges. Also good life advice, right? Oh, that's just general good life advice. Any other insights, words of wisdom, oh, tips man. that you just, you know, you have them burning in your brain. I can see them there. I know they're there. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually pretty open and honest about that kind of stuff. I, I'm a bit of a cheesy person, as you could probably tell by now. But I, I guess don't be afraid to try something new because getting over that fear to create is a huge step for something like this. We've got people that come in from Kansas City that had, you know, a film program in their high school. That's awesome. Find something new that scares you. We've got people coming in with zero experience like me. A lot of this probably scares you. Use that to your advantage, but just find whatever that next step is, whatever that is for you and make the most of it. Do something that you've never done. Do something that terrifies you because usually it'll end up being worth it. What's the next level for Adam? Oh man. What scares you now? <laughs> everything, everything about this. <laughs> now, people still ask me, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Which I, I really don't have an answer. And I've really only recently become okay with that. I, I don't want to look for a specific job. I want to look more for what's inside that job that appeals to me. So as long as I get to be creative, as long as I feel valued, I don't care what it is. So you mentioned freelance work. So that's something, you know, we're starting to see more and more students kind of want to do, whether they're design or video or photography or whatever. So how did you kind of dip your toes in the freelance waters? When I was a student here, I, I told myself there were three things I would never do. And that was news, weddings, and freelance. I, I've already done two of those. So I, <laughs> I, I guess I, I have no morals in that aspect. But it started off as more side gigs, kind of a one-off thing. And then word of mouth travels very quickly. And just realizing that I'm able to do some events and gigs on the side of being a student and have a little extra spending money uh, that I can immediately funnel back into better gear, more networking, more resources. It was self-sufficient, and that's all I ever needed it to be. If it was a not something where it was making money or at least enough to, to break even, then I would have stopped immediately. But I, I knew... This was only going to help my portfolio, only going to help my resume, and at least help me increase uh, some of the technology on my end uh, that eventually I knew I would need. So it, it just made sense at the time. That's something I, I was also a broadcasting major. I was in radio and looking at the students there now, I'm so jealous of where tech is and how it's so much cheaper. You know, you can buy a MacBook and a really good cell phone camera and you could make movies with that. Yeah. And that was not the case when I was in college. We were thousand dollar cameras. And even since I've been there, I'm like, man, you guys don't realize just how lucky you are to, to be able to have two brand new studios completely outfitted. We just scrapped a conference room, turned it into a new studio to be able to have the hundreds of thousands of dollars of camera equipment in there that they get to rent for free which not a lot of schools can say. Having a broadcast truck fully branded with student media, if you read the text on the back, it says this is not for like professionals. This is run by students and for students. I would have loved to have something like that when I was here. 
So I, I guess that's one reason I'm, I've stuck around for so long. You get to play with the toys for forever now, as long as you stay, <laughs> yeah. right? We're, we're in the process of uh, building out a VR lab in the one of the old dark rooms. And every time I work down there, I, I just look, usually it's Will, and I just say, we're getting paid for this. Like, th this should not be a thing. <laughs> uh, but here we are, and, and doing some fantastic things with it. And we started this podcast in the podcast studio. I mean, there's just a, a myriad of things over there in Wells Hall that students can take advantage of. Yeah, and students didn't even know we, there's a museum of broadcasting in Wells Hall. There are so many hidden gems in that building. Um, so people just need to use it to their advantage. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.